0: Hello and welcome to All Things HR, a podcast series about, you guessed it, All Things HR. My name is Barry Hughes and you're very welcome to episode six of season two of All Things HR. In today's episode, we're looking at running an effective disciplinary meeting. And I suppose a disciplinary meeting can be a very emotional and difficult um, process to run in an organisation because there's anger, there's upset there's all the whole life cycle of emotions is involved in the process so it's important to step back and I'm going to share with you my tips and tricks that have served me well over the last 17 years whether I'm running a disciplinary meeting or I'm training people or coaching people through the process. So as I mentioned this is the uh, season two episode six of the podcast series this is the last episode of season two I will be back I am going to take um, a month off, the month of September off. Um, I'm going to be looking at the podcast, taking some time out and to look at it. And I'm probably going to change a little bit of the focus now, moving maybe into the leadership area around HR. But there's more about that when I'm I'm moving into season three. But back to today's episode, really a disciplinary process comes about in an organisation when somebody has maybe failed to follow up um, uh, policies or procedures or breach their contract of employment or they have potentially stolen um, something in the organisation or or really it could be related to uh, sexual harassment or um, harassment in the workplace. And as I mentioned I'm looking at this uh, from I suppose a kind of HR perspective and there is the legal perspective, there'd be a trade union perspective and there's an employee perspective. So I'm going to give you my perspective of it what's run well for me in these meetings but i would always say when you're running a disciplinary process ensure that you've checked with your you know your legal team ensure that you've read your contracts of employment ensure that you you have a policy and procedure as well that you're following but as well to just add to the kind of lens I'm looking at this episode in, I'm looking at it from an Irish context but a lot of the principles I'm going to talk to you about running an effective disciplinary meeting can apply in most European countries and indeed countries as well in the APAC region. But again make sure you know you do consult with a lawyer um, about running certain disciplinary procedures in countries. So. Before I kind of get into the, the nitty-gritty of kind of you know what is fair procedure and you know watching out for things under Irish employment law, a big thing I would say to every manager that comes in front of me when it comes to a disciplinary meeting is don't jump to conclusions. So you might have a piece of the story or you have a perception of this is what the story is. So ex-employee is underperforming and has been underperforming for two months and that's very clear potentially in the numbers that you're seeing in front of you in a dashboard or something like that. However, there's a human behind those numbers and I'm not saying we shy away from having a disciplinary meeting but let's make sure we have all the facts. What is actually happening here? Has there been something happening with the employee at home? Has there been some change in the person's job? Um, Has there been a change in manager? We don't know. Is there, there potentially might be mental health issues, or an illness within the family? We don't know, so that's why it's important. Anytime a manager comes to me saying I want to, you know, bring ex employee to a disciplinary, potentially for underperforming, my next question is, okay, fine. What's your documentation? So walk me through the numbers. Walk me through your one to ones with this individual. Have you flagged this underperformance with that individual? Have you documented these conversations either through email, through maybe, you know, a system or through, you know, Google Docs or however you're tracking it? They're my go-to questions. And then I like to see the documentation myself and I like a time, an opportunity to review it. And I think that's important so we don't jump to conclusions. And that can often happen where, you know, there might be pressure to... Because somebody is underperforming, we need to manage them out of the organization and put in a new person because it is impacting the revenue of the organization. And again, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly aware, you know, these are big factors in an organization. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, if you do rush this process uh, and end up maybe terminating an employee and skipping part of your process, it's actually going to be more expensive and costly for you, the organization that when you know moving a little bit more slowly a little bit more cautiously and being aware of the detail of the case i have been involved in many years ago i won't mention the organization many years ago you know where people come to you they kind of barging into the office this person needs to be terminated because they're underperforming and they've done this and they've done that and then you know you kind of take the manager well, on one occasion i did take the manager at their word and it was only the day after when i actually asked to see the data of of well, show me the underperformance. Show me the documentation. None of this had actually been done. The employee was unaware that they were underperforming. There was no uh, communication of that. There was no documentation. So the employee potentially was unaware that they were under, you know, underperforming, but they weren't aware of the consequences. So that's why I'd say it's important to investigate, as the manager and as your as the HR practitioner, and make sure that there is documentation. If you're going into a disciplinary meeting where's your documentation, what, num- what, 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 what has been stated, what's been recorded, what's been shared with the employee. And then the final thing is, what support has been given to the employee as well? So to ensure that there's a f- sense of fairness in the process. So again, you could ask the question, you know, even before getting to a disciplinary, the manager could speak to the employee and say, well, what is happening here? How are you? I've noticed, you know, a change in behaviour. I've noticed a change in your performance. What's going on? and the employee might reveal that they are having some difficulties at home or there's some challenges within their health and that's then where the organization can lean in potentially potentially to offer annual leave to the individual to take some time out if that's if it is possible looking at the employee assistance program and then some organizations you know there might be an addiction issue here some organizations do partner with the employee and possibly with a third-party provider to ensure that this person gets the help that they need. But again, it's on a case-by-case basis. So again, that's just stepping back, looking at the facts, making sure you have all the correct information. And I always say, I know I'm repeating it, but it's so important, don't jump to the conclusions. Really investigate, check out the documentation, what support has been given. And that applies to the manager and as as a HR practitioner. So in, in an Irish context, around the disciplinary process and an investigation meeting. So I'd like just to, again, I'm not going to get too technical in this podcast, but in this episode of the podcast, but if somebody has questions, I, you know, I'm more than happy to, for somebody to reach out to me via Twitter or LinkedIn or via my email. It's all available on my website, allthingshor.org. But in the Irish context, there's a thing called the principles of natural justice. And these are really important principles in any type of investigation meeting that you're running in an organisation or a disciplinary meeting. So investigation meeting is is a fact-finding exercise and I try and keep the two separate. So you're getting your facts, getting the information, and that's where you might recommend then, uh, as a panel, the the HR person and the, the, the line manager, might recommend then running a disciplinary meeting and they're separate people then running that process. And I'll come to that in a moment. But back to the point of natural justice. So in Ireland, under the Irish constitution, there's a thing called the principles of natural justice and these are the right to, to know the evidence so the employee has the right to receive documentation either via email or via letter to state what is the evidence against them so that includes potentially the the one-to-one documents where you have flagged it you, where their performance has been flagged uh, and maybe a dashboard and it's been shared via email whatever it is. So the person has the right to know. Or maybe potentially, if it's not around performance, if somebody has breached a policy or a, the contract of employment, state that, provide it, show show where they've breached that, uh, that um, um, potentially the contract or the policies. Include them. Draw their attention to the certain paragraphs and sections. Then the next is the, the individual has a right to representation. Now this is something... Um, organizations have tried to treat slightly differently so the the right to representation is you can potentially bring um a colleague from the workplace from your team or outside your team to the to the to the to the investigation meeting or disciplinary and um, you also have the right potentially then to if you're in, a, in an organization that recognises you recognizes unions you could have a union representative with you now I know certain organisations will allow um, uh, an individual an employee to bring potentially family members or indeed uh, a solicitor or, or some sort of legal representative. Uh, so this needs to be clearly spelled out in your policy what is acceptable and what isn't. Uh, again, you're trying to protect the organisation and protect the employee. And provide as in provide clarity of what is a representative. Myself, generally, when working with legal teams and 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 this kind of area, I generally confine it to. A representative from the organisation it could be a manager it could be an employee it could be a colleague whatever so that that employee has the right to bring that person with them they have the right to um, uh, reply and defend themselves so they have the right to bring documentation they have the right to bring witnesses and um, so and the, generally you know you'd be seeking this information before the investigation meeting so you have an opportunity to dive into it and to question it yourself if you're if you're on the other side of the table so to so to speak you have the right to an impartial hearing. So, I mentioned there about an investigation meeting and a disciplinary hearing. They should be tr- try and have them separate as, as best as possible. Make sure the process that it really makes sure that the process is fair and impartial. Um, so, try and have the HR representative generally you know won't know the employee all too well, depending on the size of you of your organization. And then try the line manager could be involved in the investigation meeting, and then maybe switching out that to another manager within the team. Um, who doesn't know the situation and can be objective. And then the person has a right to a fair and uh, due process. So you are supposed to only look at the facts and information in front of you. So what, what you're accusing the employee of and what information they're giving to you. It's so, so important. That's all you're looking at. You're not looking at, they were late two days last week, or um, you know they didn't attend the Christmas party, or that person can be rude or that person is very jolly or whatever. None of that matters. You are looking at the case in front of you based on the facts and that's and you run it past your disciplinary procedure. You follow that process to the letter and you will be fine. And then the final thing is the right to appeal. So the individual has the right to appeal that decision. Um, it's usually set out within your, you know, I would be always recommending a, a minimum of, 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 of five working days you tell them who they have the right to appeal to and that person then will run a separate uh, potential investigation to look at why they're appealing that decision. And they're only focusing in on the, on the reason why that individual wants to appeal the decision. And, you know, I can get into that. If people have questions or comments or is looking for some assistance, I'm more than happy for them to reach out to me and for, for, for me to provide uh, assistance there. So just getting into the investigation meeting or the disciplinary meeting, depending on your policy and procedure in your organization. Uh, So you're applying all those natural justice uh, principles. Give the person 24 hours notice at a minimum. I'd be always pushing for at least 48 hours. Um, Get them as much notice as possible. Make sure there's a room organized. I know obviously in this virtual setting, everything's online. You're, You're using Zoom meetings or team meets or whatever so you're you using them or potentially a phone call so it's making sure that the individual has that they they understand that uh, and they know when the meeting is try if it if it is in person if it is in a room in the building you know make sure it's, it's it's away from where the person's you know working if at all possible so it gives a bit of privacy for everyone involved so that can just focus on on that um i would always recommend that the um whether the line manager or hr person is running the meeting somebody is taking notes of that meeting Recording just the main points. You don't need to, you know, you know. B- Barry Hughes walked into the room. He was wearing this jacket. He sat down gingerly in the chair. You no, know, it's a kind of a general. What's you know actions? What's been said? What was the right the reply back on the um, the accusations that have been presented? So it's just that there's a record of the meeting and that you're going to apply or provide that then to the individual when the meeting is wrapped up and and provided to them via email. My advice is to try and remove the emotions from this setting. I generally set out and say, we're here for this reason. You know, do you understand the letter? You know, you have a right to bring representation. You have brought somebody or you haven't. Um, this is what we're going to cover in this time. If you need a bre- break, let us know. So to treat the person with respect. That way the reading will run a little bit more smoothly. I have been involved in, in meetings uh, like of these natures where tempers can get... Um, you know explosive Um, and I've been in meetings where tables have been flipped over I've had you know people be have been threatened Um, things poured over people you know I've been through it all at this point but the key piece if you treat the individual like a human deal with your facts the emotions will be kept to a minimum and you and and that's key because when you are in an emotion whether you're in anger or angry or sad or whatever particularly anger though you can make bad decisions. And that's where you rush through something, particularly if you're the line manager or the HR practitioner. You might go, well, look, this person was a, an a-hole in this meeting. And um, so it must be true that they they did this or they didn't do that. And you rush and you make a termination or something along those lines. And that opens you your organisation to an appeal and potential then to a financial penalty in a court here in Ireland. So my advice is, Keep to the to the topics of the meeting. If you feel like things are getting out of control, I would recommend taking a break or suspending the meeting until such a time that people can get, their, get themselves together. Um, so you're in control of the room. My advice is read through the material as the line manager and HR practitioner. Be comfortable with it. Be comfortable with your policy. Um, because people you will be surprised, and you might think that they're an underperformer, and I'm doing air quotes there. Um, but you'll find people when they're they're backed into a corner. They will do their, their homework and their due diligence, and, you know, because they want to defend their, right, uh, their rights as well. So, you know, pay attention to your policy. And, and that's really, really important. Now, when it comes to, the, so some organisations will run an investigation meeting, as I've mentioned, and then will recommend potentially out of that meeting that there's no need for a disciplinary meeting or that there is a need for a disciplinary meeting. If there is, I've talked about switching out kind of key players to, to really play to those principles of natural justice. So maybe switching out the line manager if possible and the HR practitioner if possible. Again, it depends on the size of your organisation or you may want to get a third party involved in the process. Again, that those types of services are available. But coming back then, if there is a disciplinary meeting, the same principles apply, as I've mentioned, giving 24 hours notice, giving the evidence up front, They've the right to representation. They've the right to, you know, put up forward their own evidence, and um, you know, the right to fair procedure. They've a right to appeal. All these things should be contained in the letter that you provide to them or the email. Um, and then that meeting runs the exact same as an investigation meeting. Maybe just with more of a, f- a focus on that kind of there is a there is a problem here. You failed to follow procedure, or you've been underperforming, and you're focusing in on that purely. And you have as you have your facts. Then it comes to the kind of the disciplinary outcome. So this is where you and the line manager, the line manager and the HR practitioner, will now look at everything. So the, all the facts that are in front of them, and then make a decision. Now this is really important. This part here. Some organisations can jump the gun. So if somebody, let's say, is let's say, let's take the example of somebody being late. Maybe they're late, you know, five days in a row yes that's disruptive to the organisation because particularly if somebody's on um, client facing and they're late for meetings and they're not turning up uh, you know for for their their duties um this is this is a problem i agree but if you jump to the to the outcome of a termination that punishment doesn't fit that crime and that's why i would be suggesting to ensure that you make sure the sanctions that you're applying to the disciplinary are fair and reasonable. That's really important. So in the Irish context, there is four outcomes in a disciplinary meeting. There's a verbal warning, there's a first written warning, a final written warning, and then termination. Now, each of these stages can vary. Organizations, some of these, let's say verbal warning could last on the file for six months or three months. And, you know, hopefully that there's no, uh, you know, kind of, uh, repetition of the behaviour or, or the, the performance issue um, and it, it will be expunged for the, the employee's file. Again, there could be other sanctions such as you know loss of sick pay, loss of bonus. These are all things that your organisation needs to think through in your disciplinary procedure um, and ensure that it's clear in the policy so when you're applying the sanctions it aligns with the, the policy. Now, you can, as I've mentioned, the punishment should fit the crime um, if you know there is uh, theft involved, if there is proven sexual harassment or harassment or bullying in the workplace, then the, the the then you could potentially jump to a termination of employment. But again, it's ensuring that you've followed your procedures and that the employee has been treated fairly, and um, yeah, that the person you followed um, the principles of natural justice is really important. Uh, there's a couple of things here to, to bear in mind. An employee has the right to appeal, uh, as I've mentioned a number of times here. Right? If an employee does that, you know you need to deal with it. Uh, an employee has other avenues. They have the they have the avenue to, to go in Ireland to the Workplace Relations Commission. The Workplace Relations Commission's handles kind of labour disputes such as this or kind of employee disputes, employer disputes, and th- th- this is where the WRC will write to the employer and. You may be called. There might be a mediation, um, which might try and find a common ground and have the issue resolved, or it could go um, to a full hearing. And this is where sanctions could apply, such as the person would have be reinstated back in their job. They could be reinstated with pay, you know, loss of earnings, or they can be, giving, can be given a, kind of a loss of earnings up to two years. Um, So these are all things you should think about. And that's why I think it's really important to kind of try and remove the emotions as much as possible and pay attention to just the facts and your procedure. And that reduces any type of risk of, you know, huge sums of money being paid out. You know, so we've talked about, let's say, an underperformer in sales impacting revenue, but then you end up having to pay, you know, two years salary for somebody um, because you failed to follow procedure. That's quite a costly mistake. Um, So just pay attention to that. So just remember, following our procedures, thinking of natural justice, making sure you have a policies and procedures set around uh, a disciplinary procedure and potentially around PIPs as well, performance improvement plans. Ensure that um, the employee is treated like a human and th- that you really and truly just look at the facts put in front of you is really, really important. I know I'm repeating myself a lot here, but... I'm at this 17 years and, and usually where the wheels come off the wagon um, in any type of case, particularly if I'm looking at an appeal myself or advising or coaching somebody through some of this, is they have failed to follow their own disciplinary procedure or their own, you know, the, the, whatever's in addressed in their contract of employment. So that's why I, I say it's, you know, I repeat myself on it um, a lot. So that's really running an effective disciplinary um procedure within your organization Um, there's plenty of advice out there the workplace relations uh, commission has a wonderful website i would recommend as a line manager as a hr practitioner even as an employee if you're listening into this check it out you'll find there's lots of guidelines tips and hints about how to run effective meetings around a disciplinary procedure grievances and etc so really and truly it's a great website i'll make sure it's linked out here at the end as well well, that's the end of episode six. Uh, I'm hoping people have found the tips and tricks really, really helpful. I've enjoyed talking about it. And again, just kind of bringing the, the end of season two to a conclusion, I have been blown away by the amount of feedback uh, people have provided to me via Twitter, via LinkedIn, via email, through my website. I'm uh, just really finding different episodes really, really helpful to them. They've, you know, looking for advice or coaching. Uh, and it means a lot to me because when I started the podcast uh, around this time last year, I wasn't too sure how it was going to land. It's been a great outlet for my own creativity. I am passionate about HR, I'm passionate about having strong uh, HR practitioners and line managers who know how to effectively. Uh, work policies and procedures and manage people and that's what this podcast is about is ensuring that the, the employees at the front and centre of it but the organisation as well is being you know managing it and creating that environment where an employee can be their true self in the organisation it reduces um, all, you know a lot of the problems that we face in the workplace so you know we've, we've talked about kind of the remote one year in uh, how it's going to work what's the return to office going to look like for organizations as we really head into that now, particularly in Ireland here. Managing the probation period, you know, talking about diversity and inclusion in the workplace with guest speaker like uh, uh, Michelle and uh, Donal as well along the way. Conducting reviews, running onboarding procedures, making sure that induction is really effective and it goes on and on. And there's so much more that I'm going to be getting into now in Season 3 as I mentioned, I'm going to take a break for a month because I want to take a step back, uh, look at the podcast. I've been getting a lot of requests of kind of looking in a kind of, kind of management areas and leadership. So I'm looking at that and, and trying to tap into a kind of wider network of 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 my own people who would be interested in and in speaking and sharing their more and more experiences. And I want to thank Kieran Hughes, who is the series uh, editor. Uh, does an amazing job of making uh, this podcast sound great and making me sound like I know what I'm talking about. And again, if you want to get in touch with the podcast series, you can uh, reach out to me on my website, which is allthingshor.org. You can get me on Twitter, which is at the HR Prof. And you can get me on LinkedIn, which is Barry Hughes. But thank you so much for listening in to All Things HR.